Welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyons podcast. We hope that this message encourages you and blesses you. How many had a good Easter Sunday? You had a good time? Amen. Um, you know, it's, it was a blessing here because we got to celebrate it with the Open Door Church, meaning we had a combined service with them in the morning. It was wonderful to join together with other believers and to just be an, of one mind and one accord. Amen? To just uh, come and worship the same God that we believe in. And it's Easter Sunday is the highlight of the year as believers. It's the most important holiday, if you would, as a, in our faith. Because without the resurrection, we have nothing. Without the resurrection, there's no power in the Word of God. Amen? The resurrection is what separates Christianity from other faiths, other religions. But it's a day, speaking of last week, when, when countless people come to church visiting, possibly for the first time, some searching for a church. And many are saved throughout the world, throughout the United States, just like some were saved here last week. And it was also a blessing for me to be able to go on to social media and see uh, some of my pastor friends, or maybe you guys as well, see some of the churches that you're aware of and the blessings that they had in their churches. Because we, we don't want other churches to do well. We want them to do well. Amen? We're all in this together. Amen? So it was a blessing for me to be able to see friends of mine having wonderful church services and great turnouts as well. Now, today, I have titled this sermon, After the Resurrection. Everybody say, After the Resurrection. There's important things that took place after the resurrection, and that's what I want to talk to you about today. Um, Jesus had many parables that he taught. We know that in the Gospels we read that. Even his last words on Good Friday have been examined, have been uh, re-examined and looked at. But just as important as those last words on Good Friday were, were the words he declared after the resurrection. Many people that are new to Christianity don't realize that Jesus was seen for many days after the resurrection. He didn't just resurrect and ascend into heaven on that day. He was here with his people, with his disciples, according to scriptures. And so today I want to focus on certain individuals that he appeared to, and then specifically to one in particular. So again, I've titled this After the Resurrection. I'm going to go to my sermon text, which is found in John chapter 21, the Gospel of John, chapter 21, it'll be on the screen behind me as well. And if uh, you didn't get an outline, raise your hand, one will be passed out to you. We need one up here in the front. Um, anybody else, just raise your hand if you need one. Starting in verse 1 of the Gospel of John, uh, chapter 21. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. Let me just stop there. I can picture this because I've been to Israel and I've seen the beautiful sights there in, in, on the Sea of Galilee. I can just totally, it's a, it was the one moment I had where it was just me and God on that morning when I woke up to see the sunrise over the Sea of Galilee. And I can picture this completely. So when I read this, I'm transported back there to Israel. But it happened this way in verse 2. Simon Peter 
Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat. But that night they caught nothing. Everybody say nothing. They failed. Amen. <laughs> Another way to look at it. Verse 4, early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore. But the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. And let me just remind you again, this is after the resurrection. After the resurrection. Verse 5, he, Jesus, called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. And he said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. And when they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. How many here like to go fishing? Anybody here like to go fishing like I do? I know my dad does. I know some people here in the front. Wouldn't it be great to have somebody say, just cast your, your line over there and you'll catch that striped bass. It would be wonderful if we had that. And so this is what's taking place here. The Lord is telling them, cast their net to the other side. Then in verse 7, the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. And as soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. And Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back onto the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, but even with so many, the net was not torn. In verse 12, Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. And none of the disciples dared ask them, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third, actually, it's this way, the third time, I've been watching a lot of warrior games, the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Verse 15, I'm almost done. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John. In other translations, it says, son of Jonah. But it says, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And he answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus, Jesus said, take care of my sheep. And the third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Let me just pray here at this point. He Heavenly Father, we give you thanks again for this time this afternoon. I pray right now, Holy Spirit, just minister to each person that has walked in this, these doors. 
I pray that your word would become alive to them. Give me the words to speak that you would have me speak today and give us ears to hear and a spirit to understand what you are exactly trying to tell us today through your word. And we pray your blessings upon this day in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So there's a lot going on here, but Jesus is appearing to Peter. He, it's a focus that he's appearing to Peter. He's appearing to these other disciples, and they knew it was the Lord right away when they saw him at a distance. Now, I don't believe that we can truly understand what was going on in the lives of the disciples and Peter, because as I preached last week, nobody was standing outside the tomb on the third day waiting for Jesus to resurrect. It was, it was empty. The only people that were there were the Roman guards that had been posted at the, at the tomb. But nobody was waiting there. Their lives had been turned upside down. Have you ever been in a place where it seems like you're defeated and things are not going your way and you thought you were going in a positive direction and you end up going back to what you knew? But you know you're not satisfied there? You know that's not the best for you? I think that's all of us. That's called life. And Peter found himself in that situation. He went back to what he knew, which was to be a fisherman. He went back to what he knew how to do, yet, as the Scripture said, he wasn't catching anything. He was even failing at that. Here, Peter was heartbroken because he had denied the Lord three times, and we're going to get into that here in, in a little bit. But one thing that hadn't changed was that Peter was impulsive. If you read the scriptures, the, the gospels in particular, you will realize that Peter was impulsive. He said before he thought, anybody like that? No, don't raise your hands. <laughs> but there are some people that are impulsive. They will do things before they think, and Peter was that man. He just jumped right out of the boat, and he started swimming towards shore because he knew it was the Lord. See, there was a deep longing in his spirit and in his soul to get restored, to get right with God. Amen? I want to take you to another scripture, Matthew chapter 28. It's just one verse. Matthew chapter 28, verse 9 says it this way. Suddenly, everybody say suddenly, Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. This is another occasion where he's speaking about different people here, but I want you to capture this. Suddenly, Jesus met them. How many are thankful that one day Jesus suddenly met you? He stepped into your life at some point. You recognized that you needed him and that suddenly, seemingly out of nowhere, he made himself real to you, just like he did to me one day many years ago. Jesus had this way of suddenly showing up. He would show up when they least expected it. The, the disciples here, they were just going about their own business. They were fishing, trying to make a living, and suddenly the Bible says Jesus was there. Evidently, Jesus was also searching for them. He was looking for them. You know, don't think that when you're away from God, that God doesn't have his eye on you. He's still looking for you, amen? He's still searching for you. That's why the scriptures say that we're lost. We're lost without a shepherd. We're lost without, a sh without, without the shepherd, the, the pastor of all. That's Jesus, amen? And so Jesus had this way of just suddenly showing up. 
These disciples that day were never the same again. Everything that they had been taught with Jesus for three years finally started to make sense to them. I will destroy this temple and I will rebuild it in three days, he said. Jesus said about himself. They, the Pharisees thought he was talking about the actual temple building. He was talking about himself, that he would resurrect in three days, and on and on and on. But Jesus met them. He met them as their friend, as, as a friend. And that's the one thing that we have to realize. Jesus isn't this distant God or this supreme being in, in heaven somewhere. He is your friend, or at least he should be. He is my friend. He is your friend. Amen? And he was their friend. He is, of course, God. He is, of course, just and a holy one, the Bible says. But Jesus met them, and they saw him. They heard his voice, and they touched him, the same Lord that was with them before the crucifixion. He was alive. Amen? Jesus has met them, the Bible says. Who are them? Who's them? Well, they're his 11 disciples, remember Judas had gone and hung himself, um, his mother, the other women, and the scriptures eventually tell us that Jesus met and was seen by over 500 people after the resurrection. Jesus wasn't just seen by his disciples or his mom. He was seen by 500 other people. In fact, let me take you to that scripture found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 6. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Of course, written of that time. But there was one person who was still deeply hurting after the resurrection, and I've hinted at that. Since the death of Jesus Christ on the cross, and this was Peter, poor, pitiful Peter, Seriously, because he, he thought he was the man. He had told Jesus in no uncertain terms, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'll, I'll walk with you. I'll go wherever you go. And yet we know what happened in the scriptures. He had denied the Lord three times. Not once, not twice, but three times. And the Bible says he even started using foul language after he began to deny the Lord he had gone from being this strong, committed person in his mind to being somebody that had just denied the, the Messiah that he had walked with for three years. Three years, think about that. He went back to his old job of fishing, but as I mentioned, he was failing at that too. Peter was discouraged and heartbroken at this moment when we read this story. But as we read... Early one morning on the Sea of Galilee, Jesus met Peter suddenly, and everything changed forever. I want to look at that um, particular set of verses in John chapter 21, verses 15 through 17. I want to finish the rest of this time that we have looking at what Peter felt and was feeling during that time. John chapter 21, picking it up in verse 15. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, he singled him out. Why did he single him out? Because he was hurting. 
None of the other disciples had denied him three times. They'd all denied him once by running away, by saying, I don't know the guy. But Peter had denied him three times. So here, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And when he says, love me more than these, he could have been referring to the disciples. He could have been referring to all the, the material possessions, the boat, the fish, the nets, and all that. We don't know for certain. Uh, but more than likely, he was speaking of the other disciples. And Peter responded, yes, Lord. He said, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs or feed my sheep in another translation. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, take care of my sheep. And the third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Now, Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Now, I'm not going to get into the three uh, Greek definitions of the word um, love here that Jesus used. That's another sermon for another day. What, what I want to concentrate today is on the fact that Jesus singularly picked out Peter and suddenly just came in his face and said, do you love me? Now, I don't know about you, but if your husband or your spouse came up to you and, and, and asked you three different times, uh, something's going on, right? All they need to do is just ask you once, right? And it should be a definite answer. But when they're asking you three times, uh, we need to talk. We need to have some private uh, counseling sessions, amen? But uh, in this case, Peter's love was there. He declared it, Lord, you know that I love you. And there's a reason why Jesus singled them out. There's a reason why Jesus asked them three times. Because remember, Peter is heartbroken. He's discouraged at this point. He's let down the Messiah. And he knows it. Peter declared, Lord, you know that I love you. And you know, the, the truth is that Jesus didn't doubt Peter. He knows your heart already. He knows what you're actually going to say already before you know it. But there's power in confession. Amen? There's power when you and I confess words to each other. That's why in relationships, it's important to confess your feelings one towards another. If you just say, well, you know how I feel. I mean, that's great, but you need to confess it. You need to say it. Amen? There's power in that. And Jesus knew that Peter needed to confess Yes, Lord, I love you. He needed to confess that. Jesus wanted Peter to affirm his love again towards Jesus, to help Peter feel confident, to help him feel like the true disciple that he was called to be. In fact, he was called to be the rock. That's what his name means, the rock. He was the leader of the disciples. He wasn't just a disciple. He was the leader and Peter knew that he had disappointed not only Jesus, but all of the disciples. And notice how Jesus didn't ask Peter, are you going to deny me three more times again? That's a lesson for all of us here, which I won't spend too much time in. But don't bring up the past. 
when you're getting into uh, debates or discussions with your, with your significant other, don't bring up the past. The past is the past. In fact, say that with me. The past is the past. If God forgave you of it, you need to forget it. Amen? And, and that's how we learn. That's how we grow. That's how we mature. Jesus didn't mention the past, but he had a way of having Peter recognize it without going there. Jesus did not ask Peter, will you ever deny me again? Will you endure persecution for me? Uh, will you lay down your life for me? He didn't ask him any of that. He just said, do you love me? And Peter's response was, yes, you know I love you. Jesus knew that this was the most important part of this relationship that you and I have with our Lord. We talk about having a personal relationship. This isn't tradition, what we do because our parents did this, because our grandparents did this, because our great-grand-grand-grandparents did this. We do this because we have this personal relationship with Almighty God. Amen? And this was the most important part of that relationship. Jesus was trying to convey to Peter, do you love me? Do you know what that means? Peter, are you getting the message? He asked them three different times. See, if you truly love someone, you'll do everything for them. You will take a bullet for your loved one, as they say. If you're a man, you should be able to take a, a bullet for your woman or for your children. You should be able to get in front of a freight train if you need to for your children. Uh, you need to do whatever it takes. Lay down your life as Jesus did for your loved ones. Amen? See, Jesus wanted Peter to understand that though he had denied him three different times, he still loved him. I love what the Word of God says in, in John chapter 14 and verse 15. I don't know if I have this on. Yeah, I do have it on the outline. Um, it says, as Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Say that with me. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Whatever those commandments are, whatever you've read in the Word of God, if you truly love him, you will keep his commandments. And so you see, what, what was happening here was by affirming his love for Jesus, Peter was getting strengthened. He was actually getting um, reinstated back into good graces with the Lord in his own mind. You see, the Lord had already forgiven him. The Lord had looked past that and said, I forgive you, Peter. I just want you to feel that and know that I love you just the way you are. Some of us, sometimes we, we don't come to church because we don't feel that we're worthy. Let me tell you right now, none of you, including me, are worthy. That's why we come to church, because we need a Savior, amen? We need a Savior. Each of us do. Let me ask you a question here today. If the Lord were to ask you the same question he asked Peter, do you love me more than these and in your case, these might be your material possessions, your gated community home, your Porsche or Bentley, whatever it is, your IRA, your, your bank account, your 401K, God help you. Um, whatever it is, those possessions, do you love Jesus more than these? You don't need to answer that here right now, but you need to tell him that. You need to answer the Lord that, amen? So number one, Peter loved 
the Lord. He loved him. Number two, and I only have three points here, so we're almost done. The second point I want to mention is Peter's hurt, how he was feeling. We notice that Peter was hurt in verse 17 because Jesus said to him the third time, do you love me? Peter was hurt, just like anybody would be hurt if you asked them for the third time, do you love me? You know, sometimes the Spirit of God can hurt our feelings. You can read the Word of God, and it can hurt your feelings. It can, you can be like, I'm, I'm doing pretty good, and all of a sudden read something in the Word of God, and man, that hurt my feelings. Lord, you're trying to, you're trying to shape me and, and mature me into somebody that maybe I'm not ready to be, but sometimes the Word of God can hurt your feelings. Amen? And it's because it's the simple, basic truth of God. God will never steer you wrong. Amen? God knows what's best for you and I. His word is best for you and I. So that's one thing that Peter knew. He, he was hurt. He was feeling brokenhearted. Just be a few days, and let me remind you of this conversation. Right before the crucifixion, Jesus and Peter had another conversation. And I want you to look at this found in the Gospel of John, chapter 13. In verses 36 to 38, listen to this right here, because it all makes sense when you read this. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus answered him, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterward. And verse 37, Peter said to him, Lord, why cannot, can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. There it is. He's declaring something that he was not spiritually mature yet to be able to do or accomplish. He says, Lord, why can I not follow you? I will lay down my life for you. And Jesus answered, will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. Now, Peter heard that. And he was thinking, there's no way in heaven I will deny you once less three times. Let me ask you right now, have you ever said something that later you regretted? All of us have. All of us have. And, and just because you said something or failed in some situation in your life doesn't mean that God is going to hold that against you for the rest of your life. Too many of us walk in condemnation too many of us walk in a distance from God because we feel that we're not able to come and approach God. God said, child, let me tell you, I love you just the way you are. You're not perfect, but he is perfect, and he's going to help you every day of your life, one day at a time, amen? And, and that's really what happened after the resurrection is what he's telling Peter. But here... Peter, this conversation, it all makes sense why he was so hurt, why he was so discouraged. He told Jesus, I'll go with you anywhere you go. I'll lay down my life for you. And then he failed him, not just once, not twice, but three times. So just as Peter had denied Jesus three times, now Jesus is asking Peter to, to affirm his love for him three different times. This hurt Peter in that moment because it stirred up 
all that, that hurt again. But sometimes God has to stir that hurt up to get that hurt out of you, amen? Sometimes God has to stir that junk up to get it out of you because you and I can choose to live with that, just like Peter was. He was living with that hurt, and Jesus saw that. He said, you can't fulfill what I have for you in your life if you hold on to that hurt. So Jesus was ready to pour out his grace, his forgiveness upon Peter, his compassion. How many are thankful for his compassion? Because again, I can't emphasize it enough. You and I fall short of the glory of God. The Bible says that. Our goodness is as filthy rags, the Bible says before him. We're not perfect. All we need to do is do our best. I tell that to everybody I, I meet is just do your best. That's what God wants from you and I. Do your very best, amen? And so here, Peter, he, he, he was attentive. He saw what he had failed to do, and now he was given another chance. If you have failed him like Peter did, it's not too late to come to him today. It's not too late to, to have Jesus forgive you again and say, it's okay, my son, my daughter, I forgive you. You too may love Jesus with all of your heart, <clears throat> yet be hurt or sorrowful because you feel here inside that you have let him down. You may think because of what you've done in your past that the Lord can't even use you or forgive you, and that's what Peter was feeling in that moment. But I'm here to tell you that the Lord doesn't want you to live in that condition. He wants to set you free, amen? He wants you to let go of that hurt, that past, that guilt, and he wants to set you free. That's called transformation. That's what being a, a believer is all about. It, it's letting go of the past. It's saying, that's the old Rick. This is the new Rick. I walk in this life now. I've given up on that life because I now choose to follow Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, whom I love. Amen? So let's move forward, amen, by receiving his forgiveness, his compassion in our life so that we can walk freely and not hold on to things that God never intended for you and I to have to hold on to. And I will promise you this, he will lift you up. Instead of feeling like a nobody, he'll pick you up and make you a somebody. Amen? He'll lift you up and encourage you on a daily basis. So that was the third thing, how Peter was hurt. Or the second thing, the, the third thing was Peter's task that Jesus tasked him with. Jesus tells Peter these three words, feed my sheep. And Peter understood that sheep meant people. Remember, when, when Jesus first met Peter, he told them, leave that fishing behind. I'm going to make you a fisher of men. Remember that. The Gospels declared that. They were going to go out and, and share the Gospel with people that they had never met. And that's what Peter was doing. Peter was to lead people to the green pasture that leads to everlasting, everlasting life. Amen. And, and so the world today, in terms of feeding my sheep, the world today is full of pastors, shepherds, me included, engaged in all kinds of ministries. On this Sunday in various churches across our country, even across the world, you'll hear pastors share stories, testimonials, social and political discussions, irre irrelevant religious ideas, philosophy, 
philosophy ideas, psychology ideas, miracle meetings, and just simple tickle-my-ear preaching. You'll hear the whole gamut all across this world. But this call to feed Christ's sheep comes with an incredible responsibility. Pastors must feed the people of God the truth of the Word of God. Amen? If you ask me a question, I'm going to tell you straight up what the Word of God says. Amen? I'm not going to give you my opinion. I'm going to give you what the Word of God declares on that subject. Amen? You see, food that is spoiled is of no good to anybody. So I can't be giving you food, something that's of no value. It's no good to you. Only the food that will nurture the people of God is the food or the truth that you and I need to hear. Amen? Feed my sheep. While the first two points that I just pointed out dealt with all of us here, that third one really deals with pastors, leaders in the church. It deals with me. And as your pastor here in this congregation for the last 10 years, I will prayerfully focus on those words every single week. Feed my sheep. I will feed you what the Word of God is is telling me to share with you through, through the word that I read. I am to lead this flock, this congregation, and help you strengthen your vertical relationship with Almighty God, to help you in transformation, to help you to continue to grow as a believer. See, we want to be able to say, yeah, two years ago I was like this. Now I'm walking in this direction, in a stronger, more responsible direction. And I see that in all of you here. But it only comes if you're feeding on that word, not just here at church, but at home, opening up your Bible. What we always say here is read your Bible, pray, attend church, give of your time, talents, and treasures. God uses you in ministry, and God pours out his favor upon you when you walk in that way. Amen? How many have seen that in their life when you do that? Amen? So as I close today, each of us need to be growing and maturing in the Lord. Again, when we're fed, we grow and we mature. Go ahead and stand with me today. What a beautiful thing it was for Peter to receive forgiveness on that day, really in his heart, because he had been holding all kinds of, of doubt, of hurt in here having denied Jesus three times. And so it makes sense when he saw him on the shore, he just jumped out of that boat. That was his forgiveness right there. He was craving that. <clears throat> Excuse me. He was craving that. He jumped out. None of the other disciples jumped out, but Peter did. He needed the Lord more than ever. And he swam towards shore. Maybe you're here today. I don't know what your spiritual condition is today, but God does. And maybe your spirit is crying out to God today, Lord, I need you. I need you today to just forgive me 
of some of the choices I've made, some of the things that have been going on in my life. And if that's you here, to, if that's you here today, I want to encourage you that God hears you, God sees you, and God loves you. God loves you just the way you are. Do you know that? God loves you just the way you are. We're going to sing a song as we close today, but I want to just invite you to, if you want, if you need any prayer, come up here and I would love to pray with you. And uh, the rest of you, just, just worship where you're at. But if you want prayer, come on up. If you want to worship up here, come on up. God bless you. Thanks for listening. For more information, be sure to check out our Facebook page at Foothill Christian American Canyon.